Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Suzanne Donaldson was an executive photo director for Glamour magazine for multiple decades before she left in 2014 to start Mrs. Sizzle, a high-end art and photography animal blog. She did this as a result of her love and connection to dogs and wanting to do her part to show them in a new light and bring in her photo director background and connections to the dog world. She has kept the Mrs. Sizzle platform going to this day, now primarily running it through Instagram. Suzanne also now works at Nike as Senior Director of Global Brand Imaging, and she resides in Los Angeles with her husband and two dogs, the Sizzle Sisters, Edie and Claire. Suzanne Donaldson, thank you so much for being here today on Dog Save the People. It's a real pleasure to have you. Oh, John, thank you. I'm so excited to be here and talk about it. We met a few years back in New York City. Actually, I remember I was bringing some clothing to a shoot, and all I'd heard about is, it's for Mrs. Sizzle, it's for Mrs. Sizzle. And I'm like, okay. And I remember, yeah, I brought some uh, some of my Tiny Tim t-shirts and Tiny yeah. Tim dog clothes, and it was over at Chelsea Piers, and you were shooting. So let's kind of begin there. I would love to hear, just tell me a little bit about Mrs. Sizzle and how that got started. Sure, sure. Well, you and I have a mutual friend in common, who is Stacey Aldridge, who yes, uh, a dear friend of mine, Bruce Pask, who I think you also know, introduced me to. And it was back in the day when um, we were having some issues with my, my big dog, a Labradoodle. <laughs> he was biting people. So Stace came to, to help us with that. And it was a, just a sort of terrible transition time personally, you know, husband mm-hmm. losing a job and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, she very much helped straighten us out. And on a whim, which is, I think, my biggest message to everybody out there is there are no whims. And um, right. on a whim, we went to a puppy store to go look at what kind of puppy we wanted to buy. Sure. And we went ahead and did it. And, you know, Stace came over to help me train, train the girls, the Sizzle Sisters. And right. their, their names are Edie and Claire. And she walked into the apartment and she said, where did you get these dogs? And I was like, what, what are you talking about? I said, the nicest guy, this guy from Long Island, it was called Barking Babies. He was adorable. He had his own dog. <laughs> uh, he had pictures of my dogs, their parents, you know, generic. Sure. Totally hook, line, and sinker, sucker, 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 sucker. And I, had, I just had no, no idea. You know, I had friends that had dogs. Um, my parents had dogs. Just had no visibility to the amount of dogs and cats and animals that are homeless, really, mm-hmm. and living in shelters. So it was a huge eye-opening experience. And she was like, "Show me that receipt. How much did you pay for these? He is not a nice man." You know, just sort of on and on. And I just cowered because I was, yeah, I was clueless. I was totally, totally clueless. Yeah. At that time, I was working at Glamour Magazine. And, yes. I had and what were you doing? I'm sorry to interrupt. What were you doing at Glamour? Sure. I was the executive photo director and had been there for 13 years. And I had the lovely Richard Phibbs come in to show me his fashion stuff. And we started talking and I had just come back from a holiday in Turks and Caicos. And now that I was a new dog owner, anything to do with dogs was, you know, 
that's where my head was. So we started rescuing these puppies off the beach and got involved with a rescue organization. Anyway, rescued the puppies, couldn't touch the mom, sharing the story with Richard Phibbs. And he says, oh my God, you know, like my favorite thing in the world to do is to photograph animals that need homes. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it just was kind of this serendipitous, oh my God, this is my mission. I work in media. I'm surrounded by photography. I, you know, was mortified that I had gone and bought these puppy mill dogs, basically. They're the loves of my life, but, you know, they rescued me. And he and I just had this exchange and he showed me this one image of a beagle. And I was like, I've got to do something. Between knowing Stacy and sitting with Richard, I just said, I've got to, I've got to start a blog. And this was, how, I guess this was now four years ago. It was sort of the beginning of influencers and blogs and all that right. stuff. And sure. was transitioning out of Condé Nast and have a great network of you know, designers like yourself, my dear. And many photographers who, you know, love their animals. And I decided to start this fun blog that mainly spoke to the fashion community, which you and I are both in. Yeah. And to raise awareness about designer dogs and that there is this need for awareness around adoption and rescue and to have a good time with it. And the most important thing to me was to be able to usher my talents and be able to bring great photography to this plight, if you will, and sort of making what traditionally is sort of a sad experience by seeing dogs behind bars as a positive one, as a way to engage people in the consideration of rescue and adoption. And having an editorial background, I just had fun with it. I would do things like New York fashion leash. And I would run around with my two dogs and a different leash every day and be at fashion shows, <laughs> pulling Andre Leontali or Susie Menkes, you know, and just totally have a good time with it. So when you and I met, what we were doing was at the time, I live in LA now, but back then I was work, living in New York and um, would work with various adoption places. And I believe the day that we worked, it was the Lighthouse Rescue that works with a lot of uh, Puerto Rican Sato dogs. Yes, and, that sounds familiar. Yeah, Animal Lighthouse. That's right. And what I wanted to do for each shoot, very much sort of along the lines of a fashion magazine, is bring in product that either could be purchased or like your line to raise awareness about this other, you know, bringing your, your clothes into the, into the shoot so that people had awareness that these clothes existed if you were a rescue nut and have some sort of editorial spin on doing these shoots and creating these stories. So that's how it happened. Wonderful. Suzanne, one of the great things about this idea with Mrs. Sizzle, and I want to come back to that, of course, and ask you where the name came from, et cetera. But the idea that your years of experience, you've had an amazing, illustrious career working in art, photography, fashion, all of the things that are your passions, that are your loves. And you've been able to take these things and all of the connections that you've made and the people that you've met and have been able to harness this and make it a really, really fun project that's also very beautiful to look at. And again, as you had said, the idea of kind of making something really pleasing to look at, beautiful, engaging, 
fashion forward, very editorial, it really helps, I think, to raise awareness, one, but also it attracts a whole new subset of people that may already be looking at fashion magazines and at fashion blogs, et cetera. They are now sort of becoming more and more aware of, through blogs like yours, the idea that rescue dogs are amazing and also just kind of tying it in with all of the products and all the wonderful things that are around in the market for dogs. And I really, really love what you've done. And I love the blog. I love all the imagery that you've created. Thank you. It's a labor of love and it carries on. A couple weeks ago, I worked with a photographer out here and I'm very hooked up with social teas in New York. Yes, of course. And they do this amazing thing where they come out and they try to really do a good scour of a lot of the LA shelters, which are kill shelters, and try to get as many dogs out of that sent back to New York to be adopted. And they reached out to me and just said, you know, do you have a photographer or somebody that could help sort of bring awareness to these animals before they make it to New York? And we went, I had a um, photographer by the name of Cheyenne, who does a lot of work with me here also at Nike. And um, we went to this boarding house and took the most fabulous portraits of these dogs and just the increase of attention that they got as a result of these images was staggering. You know, so before yeah. they got to New York, they had this buzz around them. We had it picked up by dog milk, by feature shoot. What I'm doing here is sort of using all my connections, if you will, to be able to get these dogs seen. And, and when I say dogs, I mean dogs and cats, just cats sure. are harder to photograph. Dogs yes. are my love and, yes. you know, would love to get horses and pigs and chickens and everybody in there. I think that just having good imagery and really spending time with them to show that side of them that is less fearful, if you will, than yes. the way that they get seen and just also just to give them reprieve and hug them and spend some time touching them and calming them down yeah. just makes me so happy, you know, yeah. and if that's the thing that I can give back, I'll continue to do that forever. Oh, that's wonderful. And also, I just know how good that makes us feel to be able to do that. And that dog human connection is so powerful. So I want to hear more about the Sizzle sisters, Edie and Claire. What kind of dogs are they? They're mutts. They are pure and simple mutts. And I say that with the most <laughs> love. I, they were sold to me as Morkies. And for those of you out there that don't know what a Morkie is, it's a Maltese Yorkie combo platter. Right. Sure. It's a mutt. They're mutts. And I went into this store looking for one and I saw these two black mutts and knowing nothing. And again, this is part of the education is I had no idea that sisters could possibly be, you know, a big warning sign. You know, a lot of sister dogs do not get along. And right. there I was just buying these sister dogs who, thank goodness, turned out to be perfect pair. Claire, who is the runt of the litter, is smaller. She's <laughs> I call her my special needs because she doesn't like a leash. She doesn't like to be told what to do. She's slow AF. Uh -huh. <laughs> She's hysterical. She is totally hysterical. She's my slow poke. Edie, however, on the other hand, is the alpha. And she, we call her needy Edie. And Stacy would die if she heard all this. But they, Edie loves to scratch your ankle, which thank God she's small because it's sort of cute, but it's really yeah. annoying. 
So she's needy Edie and she is full of beans and has the biggest person. You know, she could be a great Dane and she loves all dogs and Claire just stays behind and does not engage. So interesting. So those are the sizzle sisters. And then that leads me to, cause you were going to ask sizzle. Yes. What happened to me was I have three daughters and all of us sort of mimic what we might be called as grandparents and We'd given my husband the awful name of Ladybug. Don't even ask. Do <laughs> okay. not even ask. So I needed my my name, you know, because Nana is out. Right. And they all call me Suze. And then one day it just turned into Sizz. And one day it turned into Sizzle, the Sizzle. My first Instagram handle for this was the Sizzle. And when I, this is prior to doing the blog or anything, but when I came around to really kind of figuring out what was I going to call this thing? You know, every dog name had been taken as far as I could see. I just thought, you know what? I'm like Dr. Doodle. I'm going to be Mrs. Sizzle. I love so it. So that's when the name came about. I love it. And then the, the Sizzle and the, the Sizzle sisters. The Sizzle sisters. And exactly. so they, and they get along well. They're amazing. Like I cannot, there's been very few circumstances where one is without the other and it's, they don't do well without each other. How have they changed your life? Oh my goodness. And I know that's a big question. In every, in, I, I, you know, I th- if I think about them and, you, you know, you, you kind of just, this morning, you know, it's like the way that they look at you or they want to jump up on the chair, but then they, Edie has this tendency to like, okay, I want to, like Claire will jump up in my lap. And then Edie's got to be in my lap too. But Edie, Edie just is, Claire will just do it. Edie has to back up. You got to coax her. And then you look and then she's just staring at you. And you're like, what is in your head, dog? Like, come on. Yeah. And they have, I guess they've brought joy. They've brought calm. They take you outside of yourself because you, you know, they're, they're, it's a lot of work having a dog. It's an inordinate amount of work, you know, and you, you do need to train them for as much as Stacey did help me train and you need to engage them. You need to keep them active so that they don't get bored. And you know, it's tricks and games and all that yes. stuff, but they just bring me such joy. It's that, you know, I'd hate to say it because everybody says it, the unconditional love they're there, yes. you know, and I, at night when they lie next to me and I think about how anybody could abuse an animal, it, I no idea. I know. I know it. And so talking about the Sizzle sisters, they were living with you in New York City. And then when you decided to start working with Nike, Mm -hmm. you guys moved out to Los Angeles. We did. And sadly, we had to leave Gus, who was my big Labradoodle, who I was talking about at home. Mm -hmm. And how that happened was just, you know, he was so stressed out, I think, moving to the city and going back and forth that we decided to split him with the chef at my husband's restaurant who he lived with during the week. Okay. And we had him on the weekends and it was pretty much a heart wrenching decision that he was an older dog. I didn't want him to have to make the journey. And, um, you know, I needed to honor this family who fell in love with this dog. So he now is in Long Island. So loved. It's crazy. Oh, good. And you do you get to see him when you come east? I do, but I have to be really respectful. If I'm there for a week or so, I can do it. But if it's a day, I don't want to confuse Right. Him. I think it's been harder on us than it has been on him. Yeah, of course. So that's good because um, it is. It's a really tough thing to do and moving across country. And what kind of dog is Gus? Gus is a Labradoodle. Another fancy. Oh, that's right. Yep. Now... 
Suzanne, where did you grow up? I grew up in Washington, D.C. Okay. And there's a beautiful picture of you as an infant mm. with, is it schnapsy? Schnapsy, exactly. And that was my first exposure to any animal. Yeah. You know, we had lots of cats and dogs and yeah. And then you found your way to New York? On my way to New York, totally through photography. I had gone to Maine Photographic Workshop after college and then decided that I did not want to be a photographer. I loved the vernacular of photography and right. I loved sort of discovering new talent. So I came to New York and started, you know, various small positions, but finally landed at Vanity Fair as an art assistant. And then I would say the rest of my career path was mainly at Condé Nast with stints with artists, galleries, ad agencies. So I've had a little bit of everything. Okay. And you worked with one very famous photographer artist. Yes, I did. Robert Maplethorpe. I did. Yes. That's incredible. It was pretty profound. And I think more so now that I can look back on it and be older and wonder what did I do? Um, <laughs> he, uh, it's an interesting story. I was working at Vanity Fair at the time mm-hmm. and I was in the art department, as I said, and I desperately wanted to be in the photo department. And my boss at the time said, you know, I'd said to her, I'd, I'd love to move over and be in photo. And she said, well, with your interest in photography, I don't know why you don't go work for Maplethorpe, Horst, or Abaddon. And For me, who studied photography at age 24, that was like saying, go work for Obama. Right. You know, and I just, so I said, okay, great. And, you know, lo and behold, about a week later, a friend of mine who worked at Art and Commerce said, Robert Maplethorpe's looking for a studio manager. And truth be told, at that moment, I thought, no way. I'm not a business person. Don't do well with numbers. Now I do. But the experience, looking at that opportunity, it just was something I couldn't not do. And ironically, I had also just been to see this incredible exhibit at the Metropolitan Museum, which was a Van Gogh exhibit. And what it did was it took the last six months of its life and basically went through the beginning of the exhibit six months, and then it would go you know, four months, and then it sort of got more sporadic, but it showed this breadth of work that this man painted mm-hmm. in the last six months of his life. And truth be told, it was public knowledge that Robert had AIDS. So people didn't know if you shook hands or you sat on a toilet seat. You remember all this? It was sort of yes. like, and I just thought, I went and met this man who never said he was sick. And all he did was talk about all the work he wanted mm-hmm. to produce. And I just like, ignore this. I've got to do it. And it was incredible. I mean, he was a profound artist, a provocative artist, watching what happened, government funding and this and that, and the, just all the hype and the fervor around his artwork it was pretty spectacular. And glad I did it. It was not easy. It's the first time somebody very close to me had passed away. Well, I remember because I moved to New York in the mid-80s and Robert Maplethorpe was at the height of his career. But yeah, it was the period when AIDS was in full force and took so many lives. And from in my world, in the fashion world as well, so many designers. Robert was one of the big high profile artists that we lost. And what a gift to have been able to work with him in his last years. It's incredible. It's incredible. No, it was was great. It was great. Incredible (laughs) career of working with some of the most amazing people in New York City. And again, it's such a 
for me, having moved to New York in the 80s, the access to people at that time was so so different. You could just kind of call somebody up on the phone. I remember I called up Calvin Klein looking for an internship and Grace Coddington picked up the phone. Oh. And these are these are like these major historical fashion figures. And now yeah. it's just it's just a different world. So you worked in fashion in magazines all the way up until about 2014 when you got inspired to begin Mrs. Sizzle. And you were able to take all of these amazing things and again, as I said earlier, harness them, harness your skill set, your contacts, and start creating something that was really is is a wonderful project, a labor of love, but also had great traction. And one of the things that you created on that site was called the Rescue of the Week. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well sure. I think you know, while I was producing content like a crazy person. You know, I was used to the rigor of a magazine and, you know, working on an editorial calendar and trying to come up with ideas constantly. So I would say, you know, pretty much weekly I was creating new content. I was doing this totally by myself. But in the middle of this, this very luxurious, glossy blog, the mission really was to support outreach of raising awareness to rescue. Yes. So to do a rescue of the week just meant that I spent time supporting all those that were reaching out to me. You know, you have this brilliant rescue up in Yonkers. Mm-hmm. There's going to shelter out in Long sure. Island. There's our, there's, I didn't ever want to affiliate myself with just one because I feel like the need is so huge. Yes. And to be able to talk about one per week, it just meant, you know, that was kind of my anchor in the week. Right. So, Wonderful. And, yeah. And I continue to do that with, um, you know, right now I don't, you know, the blog is sort of just, it's lives there because now I have a full-time job. Yes. Um, but my Instagram, it's funny. I, I, I want to say about a, maybe like three months ago, I got, I got very overwhelmed. And this is something that happened to me in New York before I left. The dog community is pretty tough. Yes. And I say that by dog Instagrammer community. They all have incredible intentions, but it is a very competitive, crazy mm-hmm. space. You know, how many followers do you have? I don't have enough. Are there millions? Are there this? You know, am I promoting Swifter? Or am I? And I, I felt very disillusioned by a bit of a mixed message. They were doing well. They had big followers. They were raising awareness for rescue, but it was it was certainly about these personalities that they turned their dogs into. And I just I got totally turned off, and I sort of said, "I'm leaving." Right. And I did a big goodbye on Instagram. I got, you know, I think it was one of my my best posts. (laughs) And then I couldn't walk away. And I had to delete that and I had to come back. And I think the biggest reason I can't leave is I, these faces that stare at me when I look on Instagram feeds from, you know, all, now I'm in LA. So I'm surrounded by a bunch of new rescues like Deity Animal Rescue. You know, they all do this incredible work and, you know, Humane Society out of Ojai that's helped all these animals in the wildfire. I can't turn my back. And, you know, I keep thinking about, you know, once I retire from Nike, what will the next thing be when I when I do retire? And it will be to stay on this mission of raising awareness to help animals who just want a home. Yes. It's so, yeah, it can be very overwhelming. I I get overwhelmed all the time. And I know what you're talking about, about Instagram. And there's a lot of people who will take their beloved dog rescue or, or bought from a breeder or however, and they will 
have them shot in different outfits and they create these incredible follow, you know, these, this huge following. And it's really, it's very charming, but I understand that, yeah, it can get a little bit sort of disillusioning. Also just sort of being, you know, do you, we all have a tendency to get, well, I have a tendency to get addicted to social media, you know, and hashtagging and this and with algorithms, you now need to be on it all the time to, you know, increase da da da. For me, I love it, and I want to just continue to do it to showcase the Sizzle Sisters, mm-hmm. of course, but also to stay connected with how to help others. That's beautiful. So you've moved to Los Angeles. You've been at Nike. How do you balance your time between this full-time job and maintaining Mrs. Sizzle? Well, so we don't do the blog posts anymore. Right. <laughs> and we really just, you know, we focus on we focus on the Instagram. Okay, cool. And, you know, I listen, the job is incredibly demanding. I travel a lot, but to me it's sort of like my little pride and joy that, you know, if I need a break from stress of work, I'd you know, I can always look at my dogs. Exactly. Please tell us where we can find you on Instagram. Terrific. You can find me at Mrs. Sizzle. And that's M-R-S-S-I-Z-Z-L-E, like Lady Mrs. Sizzle. I love your Instagram. And your blog is at MrsSizzle.com? Correct. The website and the blog are really wonderful to look at because it also tells us a lot about you and your career and everything else that you have going on. Suzanne, I'm such a huge fan of you, Mrs. Sizzle. And someday I hope to get to meet the Sizzle sisters. Uh Well, get yourself out to Los Angeles. (laughs) All right, John, thank you for this opportunity. And we'll talk soon. I've known Suzanne for a long time, and it was so wonderful to talk to her because what she's done, so many people have worked for so many years in a particular field, as she did with Condé Nast as a photo editor. And she was able to take all of these skills, all of these relationships and connections that she had and applied it to something that she really loves, which is dogs and representing dogs. The cool thing about Mrs. Sizzle, her blog, is that she's been able to bring this super high-end visual impact, this incredible eye that she's refined over the years, and apply it to dogs. And so many times when we see dogs, especially rescue dogs, a lot of the imagery is really sad and kind of depressing. And what Suzanne has done is she's been able to really kind of create a new vernacular, a new visual vernacular, and really uplift the idea and the visual idea of rescue dogs. So I love that she's been able to take something that has been a big career path for her and then apply it to something like this. And she's really helping to raise the awareness of rescue. She's working with a lot of wonderful rescue groups now. And um, I just love the name, Mrs. Sizzle. And I've never met the Sizzle sisters, but they seem like such a wonderful pair, such a great team. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio. And it's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, please leave a review or rating. New episodes come out every Tuesday, 
So see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.